0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Random People Show. I'm your host, Sina Canada, and this show is brought to you by the Human Picture Initiative. You can learn more about the Human Picture Initiative at hpimedia.com. If you heard our first conversation with Max Diaz in episode one, you'll be excited to know that this is a follow-up to that. If you did not hear that episode prior to finding this one, I recommend you go back and check it out. My co-host for that episode was McCutsey Recundo, and he's back. We chat with Max to find out how he's been doing since we last saw him at the end of 2019, and a lot has happened since that time on a friend's back porch in Culver City. It was great to get an update with both of the guys. And after this, you may want to check them out further. You can do that. Max is MXDZ on Instagram and MaxXXDZ on the other socials. And McCutsey can be found at McCutsey.com. That's M-O-K-O-T-S-I.com. With that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Max, McCutsey, and me.
1: and it's right at 3.30, so perfect.
0: Look at that, you guys, we started on time.
2: Uh, How
1: about that?
0: Yeah, go team. Here we are. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming back to do this for a second round. I really appreciate it. So just to let our audience know, the reason we are back with Max Diaz is to do a little follow-up. We recorded Max's original interview back in November? December.
2: It would have been like late November, early December, but somewhere in there.
0: Okay. I can't remember off the top of my, I think I actually said it in the episode, but I don't remember now when it was at any rate. And we are currently in July of 2020. So that was December of 2019. And we just wanted to do a follow-up. There's a lot happening in the world. There's a lot happening in Los Angeles. And we just wanted to do a follow-up and hang out, find out where you're at, what you're up to. McCutsey is joining us again. So McCutsey, thanks for being the co-host yet again with Max.
1: My pleasure. So good to see you. Yeah, dude.
0: Max, jump in. Give us a little update. What's happening in your life?
2: Uh, Initially, if I I were to talk about the beginning of this chapter, I guess it would be like when everything started to shut down Mm -hmm. because I feel like that plays into everything. It was, you know, it it made the tensions a lot higher. I think if people were like at work and if they were doing things and they were like, if their normal routine wasn't so broken, then... um, you know, not to say that they wouldn't have cared as much, but I mean, you have people that were already like stewing and frustrated, and then you know we're all forced to see these like violent things happen, and uh, of course people are gonna are gonna want to act out. But um, yeah, uh, it was it was weird. It was it was like oh, we had the whole rest of the year scheduled for you know work-wise, playing festivals and doing things and everything like that, and then it was just like within like a week, it was like, no, probably not till next year. So that was one thing. But aside from just like the normal, I guess, like stresses about like money and things like that, I was just like, well, there's definitely uh bigger things going on now. And then I mean how long is how long has this current this well to say it's this current situation is is kind of like limiting it. But I mean George Floyd's murder was not that long ago. But things have changed so drastically since then. And there's a lot of reasons I think uh people have like different varying opinions on why this particular incident was the one that had things explode. But it's just it's it's surreal to see everything just taking place and uh people saying, Well, there's never we're never gonna go back to normal. There's never gonna be any like normal or anything like that. But I don't know, for me personally, I guess It's been, it's been tough emotionally, like just seeing people feel so frustrated and like angry and uh, there's all the tension that's going on. That's kind of, that's, that's a real like heartbreaking part for me. There's things that people have been going through for years and trying to be heard. And now everything's like exploding and it's, you can tell it's new for some people or there's things people maybe haven't been forced to address yet. And it's just this whole cluster of – it's like everyone's screaming at each other right now. So,
0: How do you and your friends talk about this whole situation? What do you guys talk about? What do you focus on?
2: That there, there, there are, like, deeper roots to this problem. You know what I mean? Like, one of the things that I always find myself saying or this things like it always circles back to is that the real, like, enemy, if you want to call anyone an enemy – Is people that are like the wealthy, wealthy, like elite people that like hoard money for like literally no reason. Like it's unfathomable sums of money that you can't even like quantify in your mind. And they're just hoarding it all. And that causes, you know, uh, imbalances. And one of the ways that that presents itself is racism. It's very divisive. It's very lucrative for evil people. Uh, I mean, right now, who's to say how many things are getting done under the cover of darkness in terms of like laws and different things like that, because now everyone's focusing on this one thing and rightfully so, because, you know, one person getting murdered is too much, but it seems as if the conversation always goes back to like protest and riots. Those are two separate things, but they're both byproducts of like larger issues and maybe as things progress people will start to realize that and be able to attack the problems more so from the root
1: so Um, max what do you feel uh your role is or do you feel you have a role as an artist in this time to uh speak on this crazy time we're in whether it is uh based on your experiences or speaking for the mm-hmm. public or, or you speaking into that a little bit?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, dude. Um, so a friend of mine just, just highlighted this, uh, recent video came out. There's a, there's a bass player named Adam Neely and he made this video and I mean, man, it's like, I haven't seen it yet, but even just from what he was telling me is it's so spot on. Right. So this was right after Miles Davis, I think had did, um, what was it? Some kind of blue. I think it was some kind of blue, but it was like the biggest jazz record of all time, right? And he was performing at a venue. And in between sets, he went outside to have a smoke. And there was a police officer came and it literally could have been the exact same situation, but they were telling him, hey, you can't be outside here. And he points up at the marquee. He's like, dude, that's my, that's my name up there. <laughs> I'm, I'm working. I'm taking a break to have a cigarette. And they beat him. There's a picture of Miles Davis bloody. And the bass player who, who made this video, he said, how much would that have changed the scope of music and other forms of art and culture had he died that night? Mm. Who's to say? So I really, I thought about that. And then there's, you know, there are, of course, the the things that you see on the surface level like there's the the racial inequality the fact that they just beat this man for no reason but also too i thought about you know he wasn't those those things were very prevalent back then obviously but he wasn't like making like politically charged empowered like music you know what i mean most i mean it was largely instrumental but his contribution to art is monumental right so i think for me one of the things that really struck home was that this is this is most certainly not the time to stop creating in fact i should be doing it more and that's been that's taken more of like a a meditative like therapeutic role that's been one thing I've been up to a lot. Even even the last time we spoke up until now, I've been just, you know, feeding myself art and music and different things like that. And even times when I don't feel like it or if I feel like less inspired, I try to push through that. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's my duty for every song to be about rights or something like that. Because as a lot of people have said, you know, this is not a, this is not an issue that, Black people have to fix because it's not really it's a it's a problem that Black people deal with, but it's not a problem that Black people perpetuate or instigate. So to distill that down, I do feel the need to create more, but I want to create what I want to create. I don't want to feel like limited by like what's happening in the world right now. I want to be inspired by it, but I don't want I don't want to take the role of oh, it's my duty to like educate people and like. Uh, it has to be about what's going on right now. In mm. some way it will be because that's just the nature of it, but I don't want to be uh, so, so limited and focused on that. Mm. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I actually, I, I heard a quote I'd love you to speak on. Um, yeah. when I thought about this interview. I th- thought I'd love to ask you. And someone said it was something along the lines of someone's first, Sign or verbal thing of racism was when they mm-hmm. told someone that they didn't act black right, and so here's this space of where how do you feel about this like you're such a unique human being you're like you're a very unique human being and you're black right, and yet there's things that you've probably experienced that are part of the black experience right mm-hmm. but what is your what is your voice to that? space of black acting black like what is you know that labeling that almost seems safe but is still offensive i just wonder yeah. if you can speak into that at all
2: yeah i you know i i would call that a microaggression right which is like a term we hear a lot and sometimes people get a little bit like uh you know they think you're like a social justice warrior for saying words like microaggression it's, <laughs> it's, it's dismissive to say that <laughs> you know I feel like it's dismissive to say that because you're not you just don't want to talk about it. You know, never mind what label you put on it. We have to label certain things. I mean, you know, you have to label salt and sugar. Right. Because those taste very different. They have very different effects, right? But anyway, not I digress. Um that that sentence has been spoken to me by all colors. Mm. I've had every person say that to me at some point. And it is usually them you know trying to clean something up that they just said or them prefacing something they're <laughs> <laughs> about to say right
0: can you give an uh, example of that max like what can you get you know just like what does that look oh, like
2: i got i got like three a stories. rolodex <laughs> he's got a rolodex <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there was there was one time where it was a friend of mine's mom she's from um she's from el salvador and I, you know what? I don't even remember what she said prior to this, but she just goes like, "Yeah, because you know you're not really like black, black."
1: <laughs> yep.
2: And like, in, in that of itself, it's like you're you're wrong, first of all, and then secondly, like, what if I am? What's you're saying, and you saying that you're saying there's something wrong inherently with black? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes there there have been times where I, I wished I was. 100 percent like like you would go back a thousand years in my genealogy and it's just like no i'm from ghana like no i'm from nigeria <laughs> so, that, so that way i have to tell people yo look i'm black and this was black all right i'm a black guy because uh, this this is the crazy part to me too is it's like there's so much nuance to to race right or maybe to well to race and racism right because there's the there's like the tip of the iceberg stuff you see. And then there's all this other stuff that's happening underneath. Right. Like colorism is a big thing. And that's what, you know, that sentence speaks to that. Like, Oh, you're not really like black, black. And I've had it happen to me in like different scenarios. Like, you know, there's maybe there was some girl I thought was cute. And it was like, no, she wants a black, black guy. Mm. (laughs) And then I'm not like maybe Hispanic enough looking for Mm. those that uh, they, they go for the more like Eurocentric, you know, Latinos or the more, uh, you know, the ones with straight hair and their lighter skin, they have like lighter eyes and stuff like that. I mean, you, there's really no place on earth you can go where if you have certain features where you won't be like treated with like dignity and respect and like black people or folks with African features, m- more commonly known African features, they get like almost like the opposite treatment in a lot of places.
1: No, I, you know, you're not alone in that. You know, I came from, uh, born in Africa, right. Came to Iowa with a British accent. Right. So now I'm throwing everybody off. <laughs> All right. And so that no one can, but there's this weird space of that <clears throat> before you're known yeah. You are just that black guy that was on NCIS that could just take you in the alley. And then once you're known, there's this yeah. high five that they, that's almost said of like, you're by saying that they're almost saying you're not NCIS criminal, you know, there's, or yeah. rapper There's So it's like, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's this interesting I guess the point or the question I'm trying to get to is that as an artist, right? So now you have a a public view, you have an image and for people that are Brown people that are, do you feel that there's a, not pressure, but do you feel it's you have a job to authentically be black and not the image of what they think, you know, or is it, or, or not, or is it just, you're going to continue being you?
2: Uh, you know what? I think that they're kind of like one in the same, mm. right? Because, uh, like take an artist like SZA, for example. Right. So she's, she had been touring and playing shows and stuff and trying to really get her name out there for like a long time. But I remember I was watching this interview with her and she was like saying like, yeah, like people legitimately told me they didn't know how to like market my music. Mm. And I was listening, you know, I, I'm, listening to this interview already as a fan of her music and i'm thinking why would like that doesn't make any sense like what do you mean like how to market her music just listen to it you know what i mean and i remember being in this one band where and i may may have mentioned this last time we spoke but at one point in that band's history all of the members were black and we had a publicist come in there was two publicists that came in and they were saying all these things like, "Oh, okay, so you guys are doing like the like the like the black rock musician like thing." Oh wow! Myself, like what? Mm. And I was worried that I was going to have to prove who I am because people were going to like first perceive me as like a darker mm-hmm. skin. I was going to have to say like, "Oh no, I like I think oh man, I'm gonna have to wear like leather jacket and like boots and stuff." All the time. I'm gonna <laughs> have to. you know like and uh, yeah like dress up like I'm in motorhead and just be like half drunk all the time otherwise people are going to (laughs) like not take me seriously as they're not going to be authentic right but the funny thing is like that would have been cap that would have been me being phony right so I feel like no one tells (laughs) no one tells white people who they have to be Mm. and no one questions it so why do i have to limit myself to one category you know what i mean even even if you listen to the music i read it speaks to that like i'll have one song that's like inspired by meshuggah and bjork Hmm. i mean but you might not know that but it's like i don't i don't think the the only real duty i have is to just be be authentic and be vocal about being uh, about my authenticity and if you, if you roll with that, if you like that, then cool. Because I would rather inspire the people for my honesty and inspire them to do what they want to do versus selling them something that I'm like supposed to be or something like that, you know?
1: Without going into, without giving names, can you speak into any record labels or the, the space of record labels and that <clears throat> idea of identity and packaging? Mm. Um,
2: they, they are very, very dinosaur-like in the way of thinking in terms of like how like in the past they are with certain things. It's like, it has to be, it has to have like clear selling points. Mm. You know, like that's why um, I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of trans people or people who don't necessarily like identify with one specific gender if they're gender fluid and please forgive me if i'm not up on all the terminology <laughs> but um um yeah you know so it's like if you like to wear if you if you go and you shop in sephora but then at the same time you like you use gillette razors and you buy like <laughs> you know what I mean? like if you if the if all your purchases are very broad it's very hard for these people to like sell you one thing because they right. can't be like man want to shower like a man
0: <laughs> you know?
2: like well maybe i want to smell like cherries today <laughs> <laughs> right, right. and i think and i think labels uh they fall under that umbrella like they have a hard time understanding that like people have a playlist right now that has ariana grande and metallica and like stravinsky and this other thing and that other thing, and they're they're freaking out. They don't know how to how to because uh, it, it's affecting their pockets. You know what I mean? But it's it's happening though. It's happening. You know, if you look at there's a there's a lot of musicians in a lot of different spectrums, from all colors to all walks of life, and I would say it's like it's it has a certain like punk rock element to it because since things are not defined, they have to be discovered and built by the people you know, making this stuff, but I can't say that I've had a whole lot of personal experiences of like people like, like label representatives or whatever, like saying, uh, yeah, but like, what is it? But that's definitely, definitely out there. Like that's happened to, that's happened to Alejandro. That's happened to other friends of mine where it was like, um, you know, like Alejandro when he was, when he was on American Idol, they had like one of the big songs he did on there was called Cholo Love. So they were like, I, and I remember seeing it too. I don't know how much, you know, they've like forced this upon him or whatever, but they were like, oh, Cholo love, cool. So we're going to have you wear like a beanie. We're going to have you wear like flannel. We're going to have you do this. Wow.
0: Stuff. Are you serious?
2: Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, like how, how uh, commonplace is a beanie? Like, why does it have to all of a sudden be like, oh, Cholo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how are we going to spin this to people? It's like, dude, it's not us like (laughs) i don't know walked
0: out of there in a denim jumpsuit
2: yeah like do you know that this guy will like 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 okay so alejandro will sit here and talk to you about call of duty and then he'll talk to you about chopin and then he'll talk to you about (laughs) ministry like the band ministry and then he'll talk about like some like he'll talk about day one song skateboarder And it's just, like, that is a human being, you know what I mean? Like, that's who we all are. We're not just, like, limited to, like, these little tropes and stereotypes. But we are forced to deal with them.
1: What do you think the public and fans of music, in your opinion, can do to – to counter that because at the end of the day, they are catering to fans of music. That's exactly
0: what I was thinking. We're dealing with a marketing system that's nailed the psychology of people. And so they're catering to that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing that's kind of sad and we're all guilty of this is like, you know, people, people are creatures of habit and we do gravitate toward convenience. So, you know, like, uh, Bandcamp, for instance, Bandcamp pays artists much more than Spotify, Apple Music, all the other ones do. I think that it's like, I can't remember exactly how much it is, but I know it's like, it's decent and you can pay what you want, right? So people, you know, I can't, there's not going to be this mass wave of people that are going to go, hey, like we have to really support the people we like because they're getting like robbed. Because straight up, like if your music is on Spotify, you're not doing it for the money. It's mm. like a percentage of a penny that you get for each stream. And it seems as if they keep trying to reduce it and reduce it. I even I saw uh, the title of an article on Twitter. And, uh, and yes, I did not read it because it was already frustrating enough looking at the title. But the title of the article said how Spotify is now trying to charge bands and artists for having their music on there and I was like oh okay here we go right we're trying to go into that room where they're like oh we're doing you a favor you know you're getting you're getting all these algorithms you're getting all these playlists and things like that and it's just like man you know what like they, they they do a huge disservice to musicians but the reason why it's so popular is it's convenient
0: Accessible. It is, but what you're saying is, as consumers, we need to be out there doing what's not convenient. We need to be paying the the prices that support the musicians and finding those platforms that these musicians are on, and that's what, that's the action we can take as consumers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, see, the, the, the way I see it is like this, right? Is it um, at some point people gotta make enough money to be able to keep creating, which does not mean people have to be, you know, insanely wealthy or anything like that. Which there aren't many that are, they're just, uh, you know, they have good resources, but um, I can't fault people for not knowing all of the behind the scenes stuff like this. You know, why they, they're coming at it strictly from like a consumer perspective and they just want to hear good music right. and want where it's easy for them. I get that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But um, if you do really love the music that you are hearing, um yeah take that take that step and and kind of like get into it in that way where um you know you're getting you know get some merch or go to a show which can't do right now obviously but that would be one of the things and yeah there's ways to directly support artists so that they can keep making this stuff because i know that's been one thing that's been nice for me although the circumstances are not that great but being at home so much it does afford me the opportunity to um, really dive deep into learning, you know, like learning how to use Ableton or like working out, working parts out. And uh, I think like, yeah, you know, if I was making enough money to be able to do this all the time, then this would be the the case. I mean, it's like, look at like uh, John Frusciante. He quits Red Hot Chili Peppers when he's made enough money. Then he goes back home and he works on music, never releases it. And then he's like, well, I guess it's about that time again. He hits him up and he joins back again and, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that's what it does yeah. right but like yeah the, the, best, the best scenario would legitimately be like for every artist to just like boycott take all of their music off and tell, tell those big corporate uh, entities that they have to pay us fairly because I don't think that it's a bad resource I th- and, and it's not fair to tell people like hey you know, delete your Spotify account and like you know pay for each separate artist you want to listen to and take up space on your phone or on your device or whatever you just want to pay 15 bucks and listen to whatever you want it's a great model and there's a lot of money being made but it's not going to the people that are making it Mm. and that's not right no
0: but you know the creative industries i mean it, it seems to me like there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on in the creative industry mccutsey you're in the film industry and writing i mean how, just out of curiosity, what you asked Max, how this is kind of impacting him and what he feels like his role is in the music industry, how does that translate to you?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel that to continue to write stories that have characters that look like me, that look like Max, that don't, that are smart, witty, that just aren't in that box right i think it's uh, the responsibility of um of big time studios to hire and to buy um you know shorts i won't go into the name of the studio but <clears throat> i pitched uh i pitched something to a pre- like a decently big studio and like uh, an executive liked it passed it along and it's about uh, black espionage in uh, pre-Civil War uh, in Virginia. And kind of, you know, have this old black lady that's a Walter White-esque, thinking, smart, you know, not that like, old time, like, brilliant. You know, it's very different. And the the response was, um, we like like the story, we like everything, but we already have a, a slave piece that we're doing. And in my head, I was like, it's "Not a slave piece. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's one part of the story." So when we can get out of uh, people that are ma- when people that are making those kind of decisions can look past um, that kind of just, yeah. you know, I think. Yeah.
0: But do you guys think that the current situation and what's happening right now will actually impact those situations?
1: I do. I'm hopeful. I think. Yeah. I think that uh, again, It's not because of a individual at the top's heart changing. They're following the dollars, and uh, the dollars are behind individuals that are now want to see something. You know, it's a conversation. So, yeah. uh, because of the people, yes. If it were to just to be a bunch of people in an executive room that were just trying to do it out of the goodness of their heart, that could have been twenty done twenty years ago.
2: <laughs> no, it's so true, man. That, you know, like that. There's only one true color that matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and yeah. it's like what your money is. That's the color that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're right. In the, where they're gonna follow, they're gonna follow where the money is. That's gonna be the biggest. Determining factor, and uh, I don't know a whole lot about the the filmmaking industry, but I mean, like modern Hollywood, I like, guess we know it today is only like a hundred or so years old, right? Right, like, right. Like, like, like I think, uh, like Universal Studios, for instance, I think it's like it's like not even more than like one hundred and twenty or one hundred thirty years old, right?
1: Right, right. I
2: mean, like a generation and a half has passed, you know, like these people that are from different mindset, very different mindset. And uh, a lot of those structures that are put in place and they know like what's, they know what sells. And that's sort of, it's weird with that too, because it's like, well, those things sell because people are seeing those things. So if they see it, then it'll sell. If they're kind of like, they work hand in hand, you know, like, uh, you could watch a movie, like, for example, like, like Parasite. There's, I, none of, I didn't know who any of those actors were. Right, and I was compelled that entire time. I was like blown away. The movie's so dope, and that's just like uh, a modern, more modern example of that. Right, that, and people were like, "Remember all that stuff about the, when, um, when he was winning like the Oscars and everything like that?" They were like, "Oh my God, it's so shocking that this movie won." And it's just like, "Yeah, bozo," <laughs> <laughs> like. You got to let people tell stories.
0: Okay, so can uh, I – oh, go ahead, Makatsi. No, no, no. I was
1: just going to say that I have a friend who recently told me a story. She is in development, and she's a black woman. And uh, there's a show that before it came out – it's out now, so I won't say the name. Uh, she read the script, and she said, you know, you realize that all the people that are, like, negative characters in your story are all black. The people that are like cheating on the rise, the people that are kill, the people that, and the person that was like in charge of the show didn't even realize it. Like they were so, they felt so bad and they were like, we're changing it right away. So there's this weird thing of where I don't think it's intentional at this point, but it's a machine where no one's tried to stop, put a cog in it and yeah. stop. Them. I think we're at the point where it's happening.
0: Maybe it's this is where this,
1: yeah, and I think it's been happening a little bit more, but not as much as you think.
2: You know, when you get those glimmers that like it is changing, like, oh, the show with a black family might not have to be called blackish. Maybe it's not,
0: <laughs> like right. <you> know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of divert us just a little bit. Um, but I do think it's relevant to what we're talking about because we're talking about being hopeful of this conversation and it changing culture and it changing conversations. Um, what do you guys think, both of you? I'd be curious about this woman. I don't know. Have you seen the post from this woman, um, Candace Owens?
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. Like, Makoti, have you heard? Any, do you know anything about her?
1: i I've not heard anything about this yet. I feel am my late to the party? How long ago did this happen? No, look it. I just
2: like two days ago um uh I just saw her name on Twitter and you know, like I really ha- I have to limit myself on Twitter because it's like my my petty level just skyrockets when I'm there for some reason. <laughs> but-,
0: <laughs> but did you actually watch her whole speech about she's a conservative black woman who works for the conservative party. She's a Trump supporter and she put out a public video a live Facebook video basically denouncing what's happening
1: denouncing yeah. what what does she mean by denouncing what's what like <laughs> well
0: max you go for it you can explain it
1: yeah please i'm trying to look online now but you just tell yeah. me <laughs> no
2: but, but why are you going on why are you doing that i'm just going to tell you right away none of us claim her <laughs> <laughs> like at all <laughs> because she's like like do you remember um uh do you remember when when it's like stacy dash was coming out and saying like all this negative stuff about black people
1: huh. you remember yes. right?
2: Yep. 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 So she is very similar to that. Like, she's like, she's trying to, you know, uh, she's like, a, is she on Fox News or I some know. news? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, to me, it's like, y'all remember Clayton Bixby? You remember, do you remember yeah, Clayton yeah, Bixby?
1: The, the name I do, but I don't remember I who
0: don't. It. Yeah, no, okay. I don't. Clayton Bixby. But
2: Clayton Bixby was a character Dave Chappelle did. Oh,
0: <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes.
1: Clay,
2: Clayton Bixby was a blind... White supremacist, and he didn't know he was black, and and Candace Owens, she a little, she a little Clayton Bixby.
1: That's so on point. Here, let me let me play let me play devil's advocate here. Yeah. Uh, I, what do you think based on what we were speaking about earlier in terms of there being no one version of you know black, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, then technically, isn't there then no one political idea like so e- like even if it is, ex- is it as extreme as like denouncing your own <laughs> whatever it is does that make it more of a vibrant like do people need to see that or does it hurt
2: people I, I think that there's a context in which people need to see it because you know i mean to me it's like she that's that's stockholm syndrome right there like, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, is it... I don't know. That's, that's the way I feel about it, because it's just, like, you, you're you looking at somebody who... It, if she were coming from, like, a place of, like, a more diverse, studied palette of the issue or something like that, or what's going on, but she's... It's, it's, it's very... It's cringy, dude. It's like, yeah, black people. Meh.
1: No, and, it tests me. No, I'm reading this stuff, and I'm like... That was one of the hardest playing devil's advocate lines I've ever given.
0: <laughs> well, <I've heard>. McKenzie, <laughs> really, while well, you're sitting there reading and learning about this, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah. right. What do I think about it?
0: Or what do you think in general about the black movement who says we don't agree with the black movement?
1: Well, to me, I think it's, uh, it's health. It's a healthy society when we have different opinions within a, a sect right so to me i do think like i completely disagree it's like hard to hear it i'm like you don't like yourself i don't know what happened to you in fourth grade with like Susie and johnny and you're making up for it like that's what goes through my head right but at the same time i say well i don't like that is her being an individual with the black like like as much as like there's like uh Uh, people that, you know, shoot up, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, No, that's too extreme. But people that have conservative, conservative views that are on the right, right? Mm -hmm. I think they're really wacky sometimes. I think they, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? And to me, it just makes it more of a normal human level when on the black side, I have that same... Feeling, right mm. like, I, I don't think that we can all always agree so i hope that percentage doesn't grow i hope it shrinks but it it it, it does to me show that like my reasons for why they say that i are horrible and i you don't want to hear them however what do i feel about um having a variety of views within the black uh, i think i think that's how it starts i think we can't i think we have to be like we completely disagree with you where are you from but be like at the same time actually be like and she's black <laughs> you know like like she doesn't like her i be mean, like, and guess what be like yeah. that you're you are the first black woman to like support like you know what i mean like it's what she has to she can't change it, you know. It's yeah. what she is. Yeah. She thinks like a 1950s farmer, and like actually, let you know what? In 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 a dystopian racial society, I'm not going to name a state, but whatever. But it's just, yeah.
0: So you're, I mean, essentially, it's 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 across the board, like with any. Culture or population of people, or subpopulation of people, or subculture. It's important to have diversity in the conversation because it challenges us. And Not that's how you
1: only, make it normal. Yep. Sorry.
0: No, it just it challenges us to deepen our own understanding of our own views, to deepen our own understanding of our own indignities like if, if you're so indignant about something you don't fully understand and you get faced with really hard challenges and really hard conversations, you're going to be able to really dive in and truly understand yourself better. So I can mm-hmm. see why you're saying it's useful.
1: Yeah. yeah, and, and to me, it doesn't help. I mean, just to be clear, any, the stuff she says doesn't help my like viewpoint on anything. It does for me help the other side, like to, to let people know, like, Just like there's a bunch of white people that have a bunch of different views across the board, that's also how it is for black people. Like, just like now it's a commonality. Like, oh, that is interesting. Like, there's some black people that speak Chinese. I didn't know that. Be like, yeah. And there's people that are very conservative that are black. Be like, no way. You know what I mean? Like, but what can happen is that to make it so that now there's a narrative of ultra conservative and the black that we know. It's like, no, that's just a very small. Very small percentage, and there's another pie like this, and there's another pie from Alabama and there's another pie from California, and there's artists that're like this and the blah blah, and black is you can't really put anything label on it because yeah. you get you know that's why I appreciate not appreciate it, but i don't i I, I say let her speak, but don't speak for me. <laughs>
0: Well, and you brought, you brought up a really good point that for anyone to assume that the black community would all have the same conversation. And then for me to even ask, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that's a little uneducated on my part. Like, of course you would think it doesn't have anything to do with she's black and you're black. It has to do with a conservative and a more progressive mindset. It's, yeah, it just happens to be that we're in this conversation right now, but the same thing is happening. So my cousins are Native American. They grew up on a reservation. They represent an even smaller percentage of the population. And mm-hmm. right now, there's a lot of conversation in that community. And across the Native American communities in this country, the conversation is not the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about people having diverse opinions and views. And that's exactly the point, is why are we saying, black conservative conservatism versus black progressive progressiveness <laughs> right. white conservative why aren't we just saying progressive people and conservative people right that's yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. point of right. why we're in this situation yeah.
1: but the media wants uh those talking points right we don't realize when we're having a talking point given to us I and mean, we just broke it right now in this conversation right we just like did it on our own <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but that's a good point though uh Sina um it's a good point
0: i'm just yeah i'm really curious of where this is like and 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 i'm i i have another interview on this week and i'm like this so this fellow's been around for a lot of years and he's he's been through the protests for many years and Mm -hmm. these conversations for many many years and i think one of the important questions is is this time any different yeah and if so why
2: right one of the biggest factors that's really different now is how fast how quickly and how widespread information travels. I mean, uh, you really can't. I've been, I've been finding myself saying this sentence a lot over the past you know, week or so is that you, know, you can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool people. You can't fool all the people all the time. Bob Marley, right? Mm. And it's never been truer because people can just look stuff up right away. Where, whatever you lack, it's made up for on some device that you have. There you can just find things out and people are sharing videos. I have some sense of disagreement with that thing that like Will Smith said when he was like, oh, racism, isn't getting, isn't, racism isn't getting worse, it's just getting filmed. And I was like, I think it's getting worse. But it's getting worse because it's getting filmed. So, you know, like someone sees something and then they just like, oh man, I start feeling a little spicy about it. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to either not do something, which is a choice, or they're going to speak about it, or they're going to go out onto the street and try to talk about it. They're going to gather people together. So things are, I think that they act in harmony with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was going to say, too, just real, real brief, that for, for Candace Owens, she it's like if she was coming from the perspective of someone like killer Mike, like, I don't know if you guys keep up with any of his stuff. Cause he'll say stuff. People don't like to hear. And he's just like, well, so what? And here's why I think that, and here's why I, and he's a very intelligent person. And I wouldn't go toe to toe to him really in any spectrum, honestly. But uh, yeah, he said, he, he said he was talking about the protests that were going on in Atlanta. And he was saying, I know y'all are mad right now, I'm not telling you not to be mad, but direct your anger. And people are like, "Oh man, but we gotta, you know, we gotta get these cops." Da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's you are definitely right. But also at the same time, if you're just talking about, you know, just the cold hard facts, I mean, the reality is y'all are mad, mad, outgunned. You're going up against the strongest military on earth, and they're letting you know it. And it's not going to be, you know, if it, if it continues to, if, if the, I should say it this way, if the violence grows, it will not turn out well at all. It has to be both systemic and systematic. So the, the same things that are happening, the one, the one thing you can say about, you know, if you want to call it the right side or the left side, far right, whatever, is uh, they do have a, an easier time putting whatever nuances and differences they have to the side to bulldoze what they're trying to accomplish. It kind of sucks because with, with other people that are, you know, fighting for justice for all people, it's like, this is the, this, this, this might sound really like, I don't know, like, like messed up or like judgy or something like that. But it's just like, you know, if y'all are getting mad at somebody because they, use the wrong pronoun then how are we gonna you know maybe they just didn't know and I think we got like that whole cancel culture stuff like that's for the that's whack you know what I mean you got to give people the space to learn and if somebody has to get schooled if you got to tell them kind of rude sometimes okay and then if that's you if that's that person take that l and just like you know dust yourself off and move on and you know if you said the wrong thing we can move past that if we have the goal of understanding each other better and being more unified like you know it's not to say that we all have to be the same but we have to appreciate the ways in which we are and the ways in which we are not and come to some sort of like agreement on what we want to see take place and then work on that it's a tall order but people know and are starting to become more aware of that reality that it's going to take a collective human effort to incite any kind of real change you know.
0: Well, and what you just said about right and wrong is such a tricky ground to navigate because what might be right in the culture of Los Angeles may not be right in the culture of Arkansas. Yeah. Like, how do you navigate what to say and what not to say to whom and wherever you are? It's like, we're all trying to, like you said, like, if we could just come up with a consensus where we're all working for this particular thing, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. But we don't have that. We're all trying to navigate what's right and wrong and what's correct and not correct according to wherever we are and the groups that we're in and the people we're surrounded by. It's.
1: Yeah.
2: It's tricky. tricky. And then, and then sometimes, you know, you, uh, I don't even want to call it, you know, naivety, naivety, but it's like, you think oh yeah we should we're probably all in agreement on the same stuff you kind of like assume like yeah people generally are not going to do that thing people you know just like if i see if i see a target getting broken into i'm probably not going to go in there and 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 you know take a macbook or something like that and i would think because that's what i think and feel that the people around me might not do that and then you might find yourself being very surprised and someone's like, well, you know, it was, it was there. I was able to do it. And that's why, you know, some of these like evil forces are using that as a ploy to disrupt what's happening. That's been very well documented that they're like random piles of bricks right in front of like government buildings for no reason. And where, where I live in Bixby Knowles, right? There was a protest happening down at this little shopping mall area called the Pike. And it was, it was stupid. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was almost cartoony. It was an all-white car. But it was very, very obvious that it was like a decommissioned cop car. And it was just right on the street, right where the protesters were going to go. And it said on the car, free car. And I, was, I saw it on Twitter. And a bunch of people were saying, if you see this car, don't touch it because it's a trap they want to paint this image of a cop car being on fire and people were saying like y'all, y'all got to try harder than that if you're really are, you know trying to like fool us and trick us and everything like that and no one to my knowledge no one went for the bait and i was like good yeah, that shows a lot of unity that shows that people are sharing information and that people are appreciating that information and they're acting like accordingly and i think it's that same mindset it's all it's it's it might be tough for some people because it's, it's like almost militant, uh, you know, in terms of like the, the organization of it, but it's like, this is, it's, it's go time. You know what I mean? Like if uh, someone, I remember someone said like, if, if, if we fumble this one then it's on us, <laughs> mm. you know what I mean? Cause this is an unprecedented time and you know, what a, what a rare opportunity to really incite some, uh, how, how often do you have the opportunity to be part of something that will be in a
1: history book, you know?
0: Yeah, and how often do you get an opportunity to choose which side of history you'd like to be on? Exactly,
2: exactly.
1: I I do think that there is a change uh, from, let's say, uh, the 60s or the 50s, from from that time. And I actually think it's, uh, we are gonna see a positive change, right? But I think how it's gonna be different is that it won't be uh, the, the large change we see, won't be so much in uh, politics and the reforms that happen, because I think it has its ebbs and flows. So everything that happens within these next six months might be changed later. However, the private sector, I think we're in a new world where we're so, like you were saying, so connected to where if Nike is saying, what? What's Nike saying? Okay, I'm not buying Nike. Okay, if uh, you know, is Netflix hasn't put out a, a a thing? Okay, I'm not. So now again, they have to follow the public because they're spending. That's where they spend money. That's they sp- you know. So I do think we're going to see a lot of changes, but it's going to come mainly from the private sector. My question is, how does the public voice that clean expression to their companies that they you know buy from right yeah
2: yeah. It, yeah it will take conscious effort you know about people being choosy about where they where they spend their money that's the bottom line for them is where, where the dollars going and that's where you know, that's what they care about that's where that's the only place where they can be hurt you know the all that all that military funding it doesn't come from them you know it comes from people's tax dollars so it's, it's like you know like you said the private sector if people are now thinking about, well, yeah, who did the, you know, what do these companies do during this time of like unrest? These multi-billion-dollar companies, how did they really help people out? How did they help me out? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Bank of America donated a uh, couple hundreds of millions of dollars to some uh, organiza- Man, organization. organization But it was they. They thought they were. They thought they were like, oh, we got, we got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna <laughs> post how much money and where we donated to and they're like hey yeah right and then some someone killed it with one little comment they just say yo you get 10 times more of that money from overdraft fees you didn't donate any of your money you donated our money <laughs> you donated the money you stole from us it don't matter you know what i mean so people are people are catching on man people are catching on and you know like our parents generation they're not you know, sadly a lot of them are not on platforms like twitter or reddit or whatever where they can just get like more unfiltered unbiased uh news stuff which is really i mean it's news from people you know it's not even news from like uh, reporters or anything like that yeah times are changing man it's not it's, it's definitely not going to go back to normal and it's 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 going to be different
0: well hopefully we're stepping into a new culture where cause trumps convenience
1: was there a pun? Was there a pun in that with the Trump? Yeah. I was trying to figure it out. No Trump. Okay, Ooh, got
0: it. that was so bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fail. <Jeez>.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, but that's very
2: well put, though.
0: But it. I mean, I, yeah. where we're, we're cause becomes your purpose becomes your driving decision making gauge over convenience because you're right, Max. I mean, that's what it is. It's like. We're, we're all subject to that. We want convenience and there's nothing wrong with convenience. It's not like convenience is bad, but we have to figure out, but what's my cause? What's my purpose? What am I supporting? And that has to matter more than my convenience.
2: Mm. And a lot of people may be thinking about things like that for the first time. So we yeah. like, have, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like when people say, "Oh, that doesn't affect me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's a limited viewpoint because it does, you know what I mean? Like it, when you think about the grand spectrum of things, like, you know, okay, I I might throw a plastic bag on the ground. Okay, that doesn't affect me. Actually, it does. Because, you know, yeah, all that trash goes in the ocean, the ocean's polluted, that ecosystem's messed up, and there's a domino effect that happens. So, you know, maybe the, that way of thinking is new for people, but there's there's this tipping point, you know, where it, where if it becomes the majority way of thinking and if it becomes you know, maybe even perceived as like cooler to to think and do things that way, then people will follow suit. Or people will at least be more curious or they'll be more they'll be more curious to do uh to have more conscious decision making. Or they will be more uh scared of not doing things that benefit the greater goods that are out there. People don't people don't think about stuff like uh like fast fashion, for instance. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you know, these making new clothes, and then I watched a documentary about that and I said, Man, that's terrible. Like uh companies like Zara that are just like, Oh, this is what people are liking. Let's blah, blah, blah. make a bunch of that right now. It didn't sell, put it in a landfill, do it again. Oh yeah, the materials that we get, we can't get real denim because, you know, the dye for that comes from this thing. We can't form there to get that. So we gotta make it this way and and it's it's the absence of that. That's the absence of like thinking about how what you're doing impacts the earth because it's going to circle back to you. Like, you know, like look at look at uh, like Jeff Bezos or something like that. It's just like, you know, the, the, he, he makes or he has now three times the amount of money that it would take to like effectively halt and reverse global warming. Why hasn't he done it yet? would still be the rich like he would still be the richest person in the world and he could solve a problem that affects the entire planet and it's stupid because it's like do you realize if there's no you realize if there's no planet it doesn't matter how much money you have right Mm. that's the way i don't know if that's what a lot of those people think oh yeah i donated a million dollars wow a million dollars it's like here's some lint for my pocket
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so speaking of your pocket max yes um i want to make sure before we forget and before we get off that we find out where you're headed like what are you working on what are you doing like give us that update just about your life in general
2: um there are a few things that i might have to like uh reformat like i wanted to do like this uh interview series for youtube where it was uh like, you know how, like, like how Bourdain would do? Like, he would go into like a city and he would talk to somebody and they would walk around and eat and he would tell you like the cultural stuff and like that. Like, I wanted to kind of take that approach to it a little bit more, like, take some cues from that. But that's kind of difficult right now. Stuff's not quite open. It's not, you know, it might not even be safe right away. So, I'm waiting to see how that all plays out. So, I was thinking about doing it over um, Instagram Live for the first few rounds or something like that. Like, just like picking somebody to interview and posting what time I'm going to do it or whatever. And then, um, in in trying to teach myself how to use ableton i've been working on like a few songs and that's sort of uh uh congealing into an album so i'm trying to get that done and out within the next like hopefully like by the fall i can have that out
0: is that the album you told us about in december
2: well wires does have an album that will be coming out hopefully by the end of the year we got a that one's a little a little more efforts involved with that one but but this one i don't know if this was the one i spoke about but it's like a handful of songs that were like ideas that I just kind of was trying to learn how to record. And then I was like, actually, Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then it wound up being the catalyst for different songs. And then this is like a
0: solo album.
2: Yeah. 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 So it's just me. Like all, all the stuff on there is just me. I see a roundabout way of saying that, but yes, it's a solo album. Nice. What else? I've been trying to teach myself Japanese. That's about it. (laughs)
0: Fantastic.
1: So if this were to be, uh, if this were to be, uh, 2019, December 31st, and you were to have a New Year's resolution. If this, you knew you were to start tomorrow, what would what would be your resolution for the rest of the year?
2: What would, what would, okay, not knowing what was going to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, from that, tomorrow, the rest, tomorrow, tomorrow's fresh, you don't know. Yeah. uh What would have been my New Year's resolution? No, not new-
0: what would have, what would it be if you're, if this was New Year's Eve?
1: Yep. Oh,
2: okay. Wait, wait. I'm,
0: <laughs> tomorrow
1: is the first day of a new year Tomorrow
2: is the first day of a new year
1: what are you going to now have a resolution for for the next x amount of months i'm i'm running just on cold brew right now so <laughs> a lot of what we're talking about i've been trying
2: to apply that into my personal life you know it's one thing to have goals and that's great and things you want to accomplish and you should have both of those things But you really cannot, I've I've said this to myself a lot, is that there's nothing that replaces the time you spend actively doing the things you want to get better at. So like for me, when I play my bass and I'm practicing and I'm focusing on just that one thing, TV's not on, I'm not not on my phone, et cetera. Focusing on just that one thing, that time is so, so, so well spent. So I, am, I have recently, if I would have a New Year's resolution, it would be doing the opposite of multitasking. Mm. I would be monotasking. Because mm. I think we've strayed too far away from that. And that's why people feel busy all the time. And you really, you feel busy and you didn't really even get anything done. <laughs> but, you know, you focus on one thing and, and it, it, you, you learn better. You do a better job. So that would be my, that's my resolution, monotasking. I love it.
0: Right on. And are you guys still trying to, are you going to still go on tour at some point?
2: I hope so. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that it's, uh, I'm hopeful. I just don't know when exactly the time will be. I think that they rescheduled some of the European dates for December, but we shall have to see how things play out, you know, because I mean, now, I mean, that, that stuff got, thrown into chaos simply because of, of the pandemic. It wasn't even mm. anything going on right now. I mean, there've been, been protests all over the world, so we'll just have to see how things play out. But I know that uh, we'll, we'll play and we'll, we'll perform for our audiences, whether it's streamed or whatever the case may be. I know we'll p- be performing again, probably sooner than later. Cool. Have to see Yeah, the, the logistic, real life
1: aspects of it, how that plays out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Katsy, has this has this impacted your work at all? Um the pandemic stuff? Uh,
1: no. Uh well yeah, actually. Um I was doing stuff on set, right? You know, just paying the bills with uh different production stuff. But in regards to writing, no, you know, and we're 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 we have a few more days till we turn in our uh film to Toronto International Film Festival for submission to see what happens. So we just Have Just been working with that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, But for most people in the film industry, 100%. I mean, production. We're so lucky to have had this happen in the time that it did and not to be filming like so many other people. So grateful for
0: that. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else from our hangout time in December that you want to follow up with, Max, that I didn't ask about? Like, you talked a lot about relationships. Where you at with your relationship?
2: I did. I did. No, that, that area is still still going great, actually. Like, I haven't, um, I haven't been able to see my girlfriend since, like, everything kind of all oh, hit the fan with uh, the with pandemic. Mm-hmm. and and now things are like is we're, we're kind of been like man it's like is it okay like should we you know like try to hang out or something like we you know is stuff even open or anything like that but um it's no it's been it's been nice actually like I think in some ways like I would I would say we feel closer now nice you know what I mean because like when you have to put in when you're forced to put in that effort it forces you to like appreciate it as well so and it's not like she's miles and miles and miles away like in another state or something like that so yeah. I've come, I've come to a place where, where I feel good about that. Like, you know, I, I, when I was younger, I used to just be like, you would, you get obsessed with your significant other and you just want to, you know, and I'm talking about like, you know, t- like early twenties, like teens, like you just like, they, they become like your whole life. And now it feels like it's like healthier and it feels, uh, more, more, uh, I want to say say it's more like real, more authentic, more, I don't know, like like it just feels deeper, you know, it's like a deeper connection. So, so, but yeah, I feel, it feels, uh, it's fulfilling. That's a good word for it.
0: Oh, that's a great word. Right on. (laughs) One of the other things you talked about too, was wanting to work on this project, this art installation with music where you sort of like interactive and you go into an art gallery and there's the different rooms with the music. What's happening with that?
2: You know what, with everything going on, this might be a better time to do that actually, because everyone would be more spaced out and you could have, ooh, look at you. Because then because you know, then, cause then, you could have like timed entry, you know what I mean? So you could say like, oh, we're gonna let like 10 people in, 15 people in at a time. Yeah, and then as you walk through, you would have like a different artist in each stage, mm-hmm. but they're all, everyone has headphones and everyone's like performing together. Or maybe we can go like more like Daft Punk, Flaming Lips with it and give everybody like helmets.
1: Yes
0: with the shield cool Cool. okay you guys anything else i think we should do this once a year
1: truly oh and by the way uh candace owens is just an opportunist i've been looking her up she's just an opportunist i did i i'm like in eighth grade your your paper on mlk is clearly stated (laughs) 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 look you look it up anyways
0: all right anything else you guys want to talk about that we didn't bring up
1: uh, Max, what are you listening to right now? What's the song that you're repeating? What's on your playlist? Hold on, let me pull, let me pull, let me pull up Spotify. <laughs> let me pull up Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <N-uh>. Full circle. <laughs> oh,
2: no, no. <laughs> no. Tell the others. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a, that was a, so good. <laughs>
0: there's
2: a piano player, and I was just like, well, you know, we've come so far. But um, there's this guy named Tigran Hamasian, he is a piano player who is equally inspired by like uh, contemporary jazz, um, mm. like like progressive metal and like uh, like I want to call it. Uh, I would say it has like an Arabic vibe to it. Wow. Okay. But um, yeah, he's dope. Tigran. So, uh, Tigran Amasian. Yeah. T i g r a n. That's the first name. But yeah, he's oh. It's incredible. I love stuff like that. And what else have been listening to? Oh, Moses Sumney. He just has that album that just came out. Um, Been listening to him quite a bit. That album is—it's dope. It's very um, like—it has a good mix of abstract stuff, but groove. And it's it's, like—it's—it's dope. It's sick. Like I—it's probably a. I would say it's like the modern take on like you know do you remember when um um what was that do say?
0: McCatsy are you currently listening to one of those suggestions?
1: Sorry, no I'm looking at his stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> My head's scary.
1: popping. I, I know because like, I was I was gonna be excited <laughs> to listen. I'm like, all right, Moses, So he's yeah, he's like, yeah. already plugged in. Yeah no no I'm just <laughs> I was gonna be excited.
2: No but like you remember you remember when like when like D'Angelo was like brand new? Yeah and, like, People are like saying, oh, man, this guy's cool because he's like doing Neo Soul, but he's like doing it in like a cool way. Like it, he kind of avoided a lot of the tropes and like pe- things people were used to hearing. He made like this kind of like new, he breathed new life into that. So I think Moses Sumney is doing something similar with, with the album he just put out because it's like, it has like a, it's like art, it's, it's art. It's really cool, but it's still groups. It's like you can appreciate it for that respect and you can just also like bob your head to it, which is a hard balance to strike, but. I
1: love That's it, great.
2: I love it, I love it. Yeah, and then let's see what else we got in here. A friend of mine put out a song. Um, she goes by an artist called Dia Sono. And it's, uh, it's sick. She's a good friend of mine. There's a guy named Igloo Ghost.
0: Um, okay, while you're looking at your playlist, I cannot glaze over the fact that you are looking at your playlist on Spotify. So no. <laughs> how do you, as a musician, what do you do to address this whole contributing to musicians outside of spotify uh
2: i try to do it in conversation because i feel like that's probably where it has like most impact because you know you can you can post stuff online but uh sometimes that becomes like uh an echo chamber you know of just like people going like yeah and i'm posting it and other musician friends of mine are
1: like yeah but it's just like well who did we really tell that to who really found that out you know but um what do you think about YouTube? Sorry, not to interrupt you, but I'm all, I get all my music from YouTube. That's my spot. I don't know so, what their whole, but that's where I get all the fresh stuff. Yeah. And, and that is another one. That's a great, that's a great one.
2: They do pay more and their pay rate is on like a, a scale and it has to do with like how many subscribers, how many followers blah, 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 or whatever that, the terminology for that is i think it's like subscribers and then how many active subscribers things like that and you get paid more you get a bigger chunk each time whereas like as stupid as it sounds you know someone like whatever local artist, they might actually be getting paid more per stream on platforms like spotify because that money is actually going directly to them versus to a label Right. Or a bigger artist, they might have struck some kind of deal where to get their catalog onto Spotify. They just got like a payout or something like that. But YouTube is cool because uh, if people are on there making their own videos and those videos are getting seen a lot, then they're going to get, you know, they're going to get more money and things like that. So I guess it just matters what type of content the artists are putting on there. Because, yeah, if you're if you're the type where you can set up in your living room and do a whole set and it's dope, and you know you can have people, you can funnel them to Patreon or to Venmo or whatever. Then like hell yeah, do it.
0: Do yeah. you do that? Do you support musicians by downloading and po- buying their tracks per- instead of just doing Spotify?
2: Yeah, for some definitely. Or like sometimes I'll just straight up like donate, or or um, I will. Uh, you know, yeah. There's other there's other things you can do. Like if they got if they got some dope some shirt or something like that or like a record like sometimes i'll buy i'll buy the vinyl just because i like the vinyl yeah you know i mean there's hopefully there's a lot of people out there that are like that and it's crazy because you don't actually have to have too many people doing that kind of stuff it falls back to that whole thing of like uh, having um what is it? i think it's you want to have a hundred truth no it must be a thousand i think it's, it's 1, a
0: thousand 000. yeah
2: yeah they yes i already know what i'm gonna talk about yeah kevin like, kelly yeah. yeah if you have like a thousand true fans or like people that will support you then you'll be good you know you can you can make a career out of it and it's like you think about i always look at it like okay out of everyone on earth all i have to do is get a thousand people to like like what i'm doing that is it it doesn't sound that extreme when you put it that way
0: yeah if you yeah a thousand thousand people to actually financially contribute to what you're doing and the cool thing about i think his um his model for that his it's basically a marketing model the cool thing about that is that core thousand true fans are then meant to be your marketing effort because then they will go out and spread your message.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't just stop at those people. Mm -hmm. It radiates out, but yeah, that's, yeah, there's, there's multiple ways. There's multiple. And if you really want to, I feel like if you really want to support someone's uh, art, then you, you will actively search out ways to do that. So it works out for both parties.
0: Just real quick before we end cut. how do people like what, In the indie film sort of world that you're in, what's the best way for people to consume that content?
1: Yeah, I wish it was more of a democracy, but it's festivals, right? So if uh, once you get picked up, you know, you can, uh, people can watch it. I wish there was more. I wish Vimeo people, I wish the way YouTube and Vimeo, I wish people were watching shorts more often or Mm spending time. But um, the only thing with like making a film that it's like, if you don't do it right, like making an okay film, no one like list watches like stuff. That's like, it just takes so much effort, so much money, so much, so many people to make an hour and a half film that, I just wish we were at the space. We're not, we're not where music is in terms of streaming quit. Like it's just mm. not there yet. But I think with technology, with the way things are going, it's going to be archaic to have as many people on a T like it, filmmakers will be able to to definitely do a whole lot more than we've ever done before in the past. Mm.
0: Your film East of middle West. Like I understand that's that's finished. Is that a short or is that a feature
1: feature feature? Um, and I- it, yeah, we, we, it is finished in the sense that we submit to TIFF in <laughs> three, four days. Um, but um, it is finished, but we uh, are still making these last second. I'll send it to you guys, actually.
0: Oh, I'd uh, love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you need to keep us updated so we can like, like put links to how people can see Oh,
1: yeah, please. If you guys could, whenever that time comes, pass mm-hmm. out the word. That'd be great. Thank you. that? Well yeah.
0: I would love. I've heard so much about the film, you know, from our friends. I'd love to actually, like, even see a trailer.
1: Oh uh, yeah, no, no. I'll, I'll send you the. I'll send you the full, thing. I'll send you right the full
0: thing. Max. Any new places that people need to find anything from you, or, or are we still just on the, like, are you driving traffic to your YouTube now?
2: Um. No, not so much right now because I had to really think about what kind of stuff I could make. Okay. To go, on. and then there's, you know, there's. Factors that play into that, like if I'm gonna record myself, like I want to make sure it sounds good, and then is it worth posting, and that kind of whole thing. Sure. But okay. uh, yeah, kind of kind of on pause right now with that. But mostly just like I, I think I'm more in like the cocoon phase stuff from right now. Like I'm like working on stuff, trying to get better at doing certain things. That way, when I do release something, it has like impact, and people be like, "Oh, what's that," you know
0: that's such a great place to be and you know we have these seasons of our lives where we spend that season building so that we can live what we've what we've built in the next season so you have to have the building season
2: yeah yeah. it's like you're always active but the way that that manifests itself changes you know because like uh when when I had to go I went and practiced yesterday with with my band Wires and I used to I mean you know before everything kind of like hit the fan like uh be doing that all the time. Be doing that like multiple times a week. Like, oh, where are we meeting up? What time load up all my gear? And it's been a while since I did that. And I remember loading up all my gear and setting up. And I was thinking like, man, like, do we really do this like all the time? (laughs) Uh Because, you know, I was at this point where I was just like, okay, I'm at home and then like, all right, I can, I can work on something. And then like, I can like order food and then like play animal crossing. (laughs) And I can go back to doing that. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh God, I have to be around like other people and they're gonna hear me talk. And so, but yeah, but you're right. There's there's phases, but you're always, you're always I think you're always kind of busy no matter what. It just like you don't realize it sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for participating in the random people show. I'm I'm utterly shocked that this made it to the light of day. Of course,
1: yeah, well, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. All right. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you would like to be alerted to new episodes as they're published, be sure to subscribe to The Random People Show wherever you get your podcast. A big thanks to Max Diaz and his band Wires for the intro music and to CircuVision for the outro music. If you would like to recommend someone for the show, you can email us at hpimedia.com and put RPS in the subject line. Or you can post about them on Facebook or Instagram and tag or mention The Random People Show. I'll meet you in the next episode, and in the meantime, keep being curious.